Hey, it's Nardwar, the human serviette, saying you're listening to WEGL 91.1. And please remember, do, 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 WEGL. And thank you, Nardwar. Breaking news, Barnes Before Bed is back for season two. After many doubts if this crew would get invited back for another season here at Weagle. Guys, give us a round of applause before we start after for making it to season two. But we have been on a little bit of a hiatus, but just like the Pac-12 schools, we have realigned to a different day. Mondays at 8 p.m., no longer Wednesdays at 10, no more cookout visits at 11 p.m., Subway's still open, some healthy options are still open, and the guys are officially back. I'm Trey Atkins, joined here today alongside Jack VC and Graham Copeland. Campbell Garber is MIA, but you will hear from Garb next week. Fellas, let's just talk about our summer, first of all. It's been a while. It feels good to be back. Yeah, so uh, me and Graham both lived together in Atlanta this summer. It was a fun time. Home of uh, the Falcons and the Georgia Tech, so that was fun. <laughs> That's what you started off. Great start to your senior radio season there, Jack. Mello, what about you? You're a Baycott year. You're Stetson yeah. year. Yeah, it's it's good to be back for my seventh year of college. Um, great summer. I actually visited the College Football Hall of Fame. Ooh. So football tokens to me. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 excited to be back here, back in the saddle with you, you two folks. Um, excited to get Gar back as well uh, next week, but. Man, this is one of my favorite things to do all year, so I'm excited to give the fans some good content and just spew ball knowledge with you guys. Hey, man, there's nothing better than spewing a little ball, and might as well start doing that. So, or I'll start talking about my summer, too, if anyone is interested. Maybe not, it's football tokens, but maybe not Auburn fandom tokens. I was interning for a show in Lexington called BBN Tonight, getting uh, some reps there with a microphone in my face, preparing right for this moment, so... Thank you to the crew over at LEX18 for a fantastic summer, and go Cats, but more importantly right now, War Eagle, and that's what we'll be talking about. Um, some more summer stuff, more Auburn things. I know we would always send each other in group chats, stuff along the lines of us watching old games. What was like your football highlight from the summer? Because none of us here are big like baseball fanatics. I really, like I didn't, the Women's World Cup was in Australia, didn't really watch any games, past my bedtime, um, not a huge baseball guys, the diehard fans know. So, Mello, what was uh, what was your football highlight this summer? Uh, besides going to that College Football Hall of Fame, I mean, really, it was just I watched some film on uh, some old vintage Auburn games. I think I've watched every Auburn home game from 2000 till 2022. So that was that was my football highlight. I, I can probably give you each play by play of every every single big Auburn win. Watched 2013 highlights quite a bit watch 2017 watch 2019 um 2010, yeah 2004 2010 yeah can't forget about that well um sounds like an interesting summer man um vc what about you uh yeah you know like i said i lived with graham so i did pretty much the same but we also uh watched a lot of film when these transfer guys getting coming in this year to get us hype for the season uh and if you haven't really gotten a shake have you if you haven't gotten the chance to watch some of these guys their highlight tapes are insane. Uh, Shane Hooks and Rivaldo Fairweather both have nasty reels. So uh, it was good and exciting to see uh, how these transfer guys are going to play. I'm, I'm saying it right now. Shane Hooks will be the fan favorite. He will be the Austin Cardwell, but cooler, of the football team. 
It's good to hear. It sounds like you guys didn't really get outside that much this summer, first of all. But second of all, thank you for preparing for this moment because I was wrapped up in the world of Kentucky football and stuff. But what's I love that you mentioned the new guys because there's along the line many people on this team. I'm very excited to see a complete turnover. We always talked about the transfer portal back in December, and it's finally let up two weeks till kick. It's officially game week, too. We got week zero coming up. Always a fun fun week for me because it's football's back no more preseason NFL and your team's not playing so it's not as thrilling or exciting but it really gives you a chance to sit back and get your feet wet for the football season maybe even tailgate a little if you want go to like a sports bar watch the game really really getting your football watching bag if you will once again yeah <laughs> lots, <laughs> lots to look forward to. It's just the but, preseason. It's like it's so. I would consider all of us like if we had to compare our football fandom to like a NFL talent or like an, there's like you know the star players in the NFL or the NBA. I'm not saying we're like Schefters and all that, but we're a solid like left guard for like the Titans that doesn't need to be playing in the preseason. No pun intended to Garber. Um, but yeah, so wh- who's someone for you guys? I'll let y'all start first that you are very excited to see this upcoming year. Uh, so. Graham touched on it, but I've been a huge fan of this guy uh, since we got him. But I think Shane Hooks is going to be one of the most explosive players on this offense. Uh, just for like, just to kind of give you an idea, his highlight tape from Jackson State was to Young Boy, so he's got that energy. Um, his fall camp, he's shown that he can make, he can go up and make big catches. He had an insane one-handed grab uh, during the fall camp in live scrimmages. So I think he's going to be a guy that we can just throw deep balls and watch him climb the ladder. I feel like that's someone, too, we haven't had in recent years. Since Seth Williams, our right. freshman year, the COVID year, when it was the Bode-Seth uh, connection. But these past few years, we really haven't had that fourth down, just throw it up, make a play, back pylon fade guy. We tried it at Penn State. That didn't work. That was depressing. Belly, who are you excited to see this year? Yeah, piggybacking off Jack. I mean, we'll talk about this later, but our wide receiver room is is very interesting. and um it's it's in my opinion one of our biggest question marks but anyways we'll get back to that later but on the offensive side of the ball I mean it's it's a homer pick but I'm gonna go Peyton Thorne I'm really excited to you know I I think Peyton Thorne in my opinion and a lot of people will disagree but I think right now on paper he's a top five SEC quarterback and he's I mean he's he's proven it to us you know you see what he, you see what he did two years ago at 11-1 Michigan State team threw for over 3,000 yards lots of touchdowns had had a really good receiving core and a really good really good running back I understand that but he's gonna have a really good receiving core here and a really good running back really good running back trio actually so even even though last year I think he kind of had an off year for him you know an off year for him would be a top five season in Auburn quarterback history and we're not asking him to put up you know you know, he doesn't need to put up 3,000 yards and throw for 35 touchdowns. We're not, we don't need that out of a quarterback with uh, the rushing attack we're expecting to have. So I'm really, really excited about having a competent quarterback. Not only a competent quarterback, but a competent quarterback room. So I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here, as I, I like to always do. Um, Jalen Reed, who Peyton Thorne has been playing football with since he was in Pop Warner, they had a connection and now that connection's gone as he's playing for the Green Bay Packers. And I don't know if you've watched film, but a lot of the plays last year for Michigan State were back shoulder balls that were thrown into double coverage, and he would go up and make a play. Do you, do we, do you think we have that type of guy this year? Take him on out of the fact that they don't have the same chemistry that Jalen Reed and Peyton Thorne had. Um, 
Yes, I think we have multiple guys that can go up and get the ball. Uh, Rivaldo, Shane Hooks, uh, Camden Brown has been kind of a deep threat guy. But on the flip side of that, Trey, is that this past year, Michigan State had a very poor offensive line, and right. they didn't have a running attack. So the pass rush was way more intense than uh, what he saw two years ago. So I really want to look back at two years ago, and I honestly, I would draw a lot of similarities in my mind to Bo Nix's first year at Oregon and how much freer he played in that offense to how Peyton Thorne is going to play at Auburn this year. Okay, so keep talking on Peyton Thorne. Two Hugh Freeze quarterbacks that come to mind, very different personalities, Swag Kelly and Bo Wallace. Which side of the spectrum do you see Peyton Thorne falling under? Uh, That's a question for Graham more specifically as a swaggy Manziel type quarterback as he was back in his day. Yeah, I mean, I, I on know, the field. I, it's been a minute since I've watched either quarterback, but uh, both both quarterbacks uh, very good in the RPO system could get it done with their legs, and I see the exact same thing with Peyton Thorne. I think he's a he's a match made in heaven for Hugh Freeze. I'm really excited, you know, to see the the schemes that Philip Montgomery employs, but um, I really do think. Uh, Peyton Thorne is a very, very, very good match for Hugh Freeze. Jack, any takes on that? Uh, yeah, I think he's. I think he's got a little swagger to him. So I'm. I'm gonna say he's more swag Kelly because he came in. Uh, you know, I think we kind of forget because we've been his name's been floating around the Auburn media for so long that he hadn't strapped on an Auburn helmet and thrown the football up until fall camp. And so for him to come into fall camp and just take the starting job you got to have a little bit of swagger to do that in my opinion think about this roller coaster of an offseason we had with quarterbacks because it started with Grayson McCall and Leary I think we were after Graham Merz for a little bit thank goodness that didn't happen from my personal opinion and we'll talk about other SEC teams later but I I, besides Leary I would have preferred Leary I'm satisfied with how it turned out because I like someone with power five experience Agreed. Right. He's playing. He played in the second best conference in college football, and there's something to be said for um, with that. And yeah. But I will say though, some of those teams in that quote unquote second best. There's a reason why they're the second best conference. Michigan State lost at home last year to a three and nine Indiana. Is that? And there's some other games too. They also have to play like at Penn State. They played at Ohio State. There's some tough games. I'll give them the, the Big Ten their flowers, but you also got to play. Rutgers, that's Mickey Mouse. I think if last year's Auburn team played in the Big Ten, we would have gone seven and five. Clearly, after the Penn State game, that wouldn't have been a, uh, a win. I don't think it was, we were beating Ohio State this year's team. I could see going nine and three. The Big Ten, the Big Ten, the difference between them and the SEC is we got the Vandies of the world. That's it, honestly. I think every other game you have a potential to lose. The Big Ten has five to six Vandies. Yeah, that's Probably. true. But when I'm I'm looking at his games uh, against Penn State and against Michigan, and you know they actually played his 2021 season. They played against Pitt in their bowl game, and against Pitt he threw for 350. So uh, I think he's competent enough to have have above average games against good competition. Was that the Kenny Pickett Pitt, if yes. I'm not mistaken? Yeah, that, that is correct. That and a I solid believe Pitt uh, squad. Jordan Addison, right? Yeah, they had an. They made a, a couple other pros. I think uh, smaller names. Um, but moving on, is there anyone else that y'all are excited to see? For me personally, I'm excited to see Gunnar Britton. I've heard a lot of hype out of him, and that uh, tackle position was a obvious weakness last year. As we saw Robbie running for his life, play after play. 
I'm also excited to see Justin Rogers, and that may just be a hometown thing, knowing him as a former five-star, biggest recruit in Kentucky's history at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of got his spot taken by a future NFL nose in Deion Walker, who's going to make a name for himself this year. And the last guy I'm most excited to see, because we have not seen someone else play this position, or someone else without the last name Carlson play this position in nine years, Alex McPherson. Yeah. I'm excited to have a reliable fourth down. Like, and that's not a shot at Anders. Obviously, t- like injuring your ACL as a kicker is probably the hardest position to come back from besides maybe like a center in basketball. Yeah. Because you need your plant leg to get some juice behind that. So I'm excited to see him. I saw some practice clips. Apparently hit one from 65 that was good from like 70. There's just you can go down the line. The backfield, there's um so Jarquez is gonna be the ace. And right. we in Auburn our most successful seasons, I feel like we've always had like you had Dyer's the ace, and then you obviously had Trey Mason as the ace. Carry on was sort of on his own. I don't really remember Carry On's like if Carry On needed a blow, who we were sending in. But Petway, Petway was gone at that point, right? 2017? Yes. Yeah, yeah so Petway. we have three to four guys. This may be our deepest backfield since the artist Payne, Corey Grant, Trey Mason year. Yeah, I'd say I agree. so. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Jarquez, we know what he brings to the table. Damari Olsen is killing it in fall camp, apparently. Brian Batty is a consensus All-American kick returner, and he was a 1,000-yard rusher this past year. So there's three guys that are extremely – I think we have the best – uh, three-headed monster in the backfield in the entire country. And I don't think that's a bold take at all. I've I've heard a lot of rumblings that Michigan may... I think they have the best duo for sure, Quorum and uh, Donovan Edwards. But Three in terms, guys. In terms of three guys, yeah. And then we're forgetting about Jeremiah Cobb too, one of the most talented true freshman running backs in the country. Right. Uh, also, Trey, you said who else? So we're talking about these new guys on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side, you know, we have two freshmen that are going to make immediate impact. So that being... Keldrick Falk on the front seven, and then um, Kay and Lee, who has been making waves as potentially being a starter in what I think is our best position on the defensive side of the ball, which is cornerback. Um, you know, Without two, a doubt. Yep. Two, two five one boys starting right now, but Kay has definitely been making waves in practice and is definitely going to get playing time early, which is really exciting to see at, uh, is with him being a freshman. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of youthful talent coming through the Plains in years to come. Unfortunately, it's our senior year. But last thing I'll say before we go to break, we were talking about our ball highlights for the summer. My first year with my updated rosters dynasty, I went 14-0 and and held up the crystal football in Pasadena. Hopefully we can have the same success. But that golden crystal or golden whatever that new trophy is that I do not like. Hopefully the 12-team playoff has a new trophy. But anyways, first segment back, getting the rust off. thought it went pretty well. Make some uh, first quarter adjustments, and we will be back shortly. And welcome back, Barners Before Bed, Season 2, Episode 1, or Episode 23 in total. And we'll be moving on to, we were talking about how things are back, the excitement's back. Is the Auburn culture back? And what I mean by this is, I was wanting to keep it a secret from you guys, but here's how, for me, not being from the state of Alabama, I watched Roll Tide War Eagle today, and... I just feel like that type of Auburn, and even maybe Alabama, is just gone to where the rivalries just heated. I think the age of social media also were uh, that, like, it's now maybe more on Twitter, but people calling it a fine bomb. And just, you got the, the deep Southern type people who I love hearing talk ball. The Roll Tide Willies of the world. And, like, it, they've been silent. Here's what my, from 
we have experienced a new wave of Auburn fans. And this is the the kids who are coming in here and getting a taste of the basketball side of Auburn. And I feel like that's more of the like gold chain ripped jeans side of this campus that I didn't know was a thing. I want the white whitewashed blue jeans side of the Auburn fan base back. And I feel like with head coach Hugh Freeze, who speaks to this fan base and speaks to the SEC, he understands the SEC, where we've had a coach the past two years who was not from this area, didn't understand it. It's just a weird, it was a weird two years. And I feel like the circus has been gone and now it's back. I feel like it's going to be the same Auburn when I would grow up and come to games. It'd be a Wednesday. And I'd see people already tailgating. I'd see billboards that would not have basketball. It would have football. And I'm so excited to have that back. And I'm excited to have that for one year because I feel like the circus was here under Gus. But unfortunately, I was a freshman when COVID happened. And boys, the circus is back. Y'all experienced the circus more. Jack, maybe more on the, the Bama side being from Mobile. And probably Huntsville, I'd say, is way more of a Bama town too. Also, shout out to all of our Huntsville listeners today. Here we have a big, big crew from the 256. Thank you guys for not – well, we don't have to stay up late anymore. If you're, This is a new kickoff time. But – Guys, please tell me more about like what that culture was and like what you've seen back under Hugh Freeze. That's just screams Auburn, and it's just something I love to see. Uh, yeah. So like just speaking on that, I remember being in middle school, and if the team that you rooted for in that Iron Bowl, you dreaded to go, dreaded going back to school after Thanksgiving break because you knew you were just going to get terrorized by your buddies. Um, but yeah, I think we're back, and a big indicator of that has been this recruiting class that for the twenty three. Uh, you know, Freeze hadn't been able to coach a game yet still, obviously, but to see that he's been putting in work and trying to get us back to where we were, uh, you know, almost immediately after his hire is something that, you know, we haven't had an experience of. Because even with Gus, he wasn't, you know, just dominating on the recruiting trail like this. Um, I can't really remember a time going back where we've seen this at Auburn. So it's very exciting to see from that aspect of being able to say that Auburn is back to where it is. Yeah, and I'm sure when we talk about, you know, like, it just feels different around campus. You know, there's just a lot of buzz, you know, with within our Auburn football program. I mean, Bama fans, UGA fans, LSU fans probably want to vomit hearing that because, you know, we had we were saying the same thing two years ago, right? When we got Potato Head. And I, I feel like there wasn't, though. The, everyone know there was a silent, like, nerve around the SEC. Right, no, um, well, that's what I was getting to. Yeah, is that, who's going to get Hugh Freeze? Yeah, from an outsider's perspective, they're like, okay, Auburn – Auburn thinks they're back again, and then they bring up, you know, 2021-2022. But I agree. I, I think it's truly different. I, I, For me personally, and maybe I'm speaking on y'all's behalf as well, when we hired Brian Harson, I was, you know, I was like, I didn't even know who he was, first of all. So I was, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, you know, I was apprehensive maybe. Bleak. I, yeah, like it, this is, this Hugh Freeze hires a home run hit. Uh, proven recruiter, proven winner in the SEC, only coach ever to beat Nick Saban back-to-back season. So, I mean, there is certainly a different buzz, and you just see the what he's doing on the recruiting trail that we haven't seen in years. And, I don't know, there's just a lot of look, a lot of look to look forward to. Uh, top 15 recruiting class, six in terms of average rating of commits on on three, third and blue, all those statistics. You know, Hugh Freeze has got us back on the track that we were used to when we were growing up. Yeah, and I'm excited to finally be in the state of Alabama to experience that. I really want to experience the rivalry. Like, really, really get to see what the documentary that I grew up watching, and obviously Hollywood or Bristol, will make it more than it probably is. But I feel like it is everything from the people I've talked to that grow up around here 
and know what it's about. It is everything that it is. But we got a question coming in from the phone line, and feel free to reach out if you have any questions as well. Coming from Wit, what is the biggest must-win game for Auburn this season? Um, so I have one listed, and it's early in the season, but I think that game belongs to Texas A&M. At Kyle Field, historically, we are actually, uh, I believe, 4-1 and one historically at Kyle Field, so it's a game that we know we can win. It's Freeze's first game back in the SEC, and it starts a hard road of A&M, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. Uh, with, you know, at LSU being away, there's potential, if we don't win that first one at A&M, that we could potentially lose three straight and be back on our heels midway through the season. So I think if we can get out early and get to a 4-0 start potentially, uh, that'll put some buzz and, you know, it'll light, light a fire under this Auburn team. 1,000% agree. I mean, if you're 3-1 and one going into that Georgia game, you know, your back's against the wall because nobody really expects us to beat Georgia and LSU. We're, I mean, we're obviously expected. I think every Auburn fan kind of thinks those will be two losses on our schedules, the Georgia and LSU back-to-back. But, um, yeah, going going – 4-0 and maybe you face a Georgia team with a shaky quarterback situation. I feel a lot better about that. Yeah, did you see yeah. the guy they picked up from one direction to be their starting QB? Who yeah, is he's, this he's kid? he looks atrocious, but yeah. Oh, that's Anyways. not nice. <laughs> that was mean. No, I'm just saying he looks like a boy band, like, Bieber-looking dude. But if he, he's the type of guy that, like, he'd be your token, like, Duke basketball, like, villain. Yeah, And I guess right. Georgia is that of college football at the moment, so... Right. I, I like to have a villain. Give me a good, fun villain to dislike. But anyways, keep going, Graham. It w- yeah, it, like I said, like going even further in the schedule. Like if you're if you're three and three going into Mississippi versus four and two, that makes worlds of difference. I think momentum is a huge thing with the schedule because Auburn's schedule is very front heavy. So if if we start out, you know, pretty poorly, I mean, you know, you don't have that momentum go- going into at Arkansas and, and Alabama. I think if we're you know, a 7-8 win team uh, going in the Iron Bowl, watch out is all I'm saying. I agree with that. Obviously, that stretch, I feel like in any season, you're like late September, October. That's why October is my favorite football month and sports month because you have like the World Series, you have some other fun things. And it's also, I feel like that is the most crucial month for college football. But I'll disagree with you on the fact with, I don't think we ever need some sort of momentum going into Bama. We lost five straight and where Tank Bigsby going out of bounds away from beating them a couple years ago with TJ running the helm. So that game's always just wide open. But my crucial – I have two very important games, and they're both in September and for two different reasons. I I 100% agree with you guys on A&M. But mine, I think we sort of jumped the gun here. I think if we come out and, like, lose to Cal Berkeley, oh, boy. That is a must win. Ole Miss lost to Cal Berkeley. This was after Q. It was their down years after Q, pre-Kiffin. I blanket on the guy they had in between. I think they had multiple guys. But th- if we come out and lose that, then, oh, no. Yeah, I, I can see a lot of, um, and maybe it's a good thing, get the Jokers out of the deck, but the fair weather people just jumping off ship right away before the ship even hits the, the main ocean. Yeah, I mean, that that is not a game to be taken lightly. We are – Currently, the underdog, according to uh, ESPN and FPI. So, I absolutely agree. I, another game I'll throw in, too, is uh, definitely at Arkansas. Yep. Yeah, that's a big one. Big one. Uh, especially if we're, I don't know what game that is. That's game. November. That's game. It's early November. November 9th. Yeah, that's game 10. Yes. So, if we're, I mean, if we're a 
two three loss team. That's a critical critical game. We're eight and two against them the past ten games. We haven't lost in Fayetteville since 2015. The other loss was with Potato Head at the helm. So that'll be a huge huge game. And dare I say Cal comes into this game as a chip with a chip on their shoulder because they are currently a conference free agent. And I feel like this would be an opportunity for them to maybe get a big crowd and prove a point against a very well-known, solid brand college football program. To be was, like, hey, Big 12, look at this. I'd say yes, there's a chip, but I don't know if it's bigger than the chip that we have on our shoulders. Uh, I don't know how much media y'all have looked at outside of Auburn. You know, Everybody in Auburn seems to be very optimistic. However, everyone outside of Auburn believes that we're, we're just not going to be successful this year. A lot of places... A lot of uh, brands in the media world have us going five and seven this year, I believe. Which good, thank uh, you. Yeah, that's think what, about that's all the exactly. years we've had preseason expectations. I slept on uh, Auburn is always yeah, very, very dangerous. Twenty fifteen, six and six. Twenty eighteen, seven and five. Like I, twenty twenty, we fired our coach. Like I do not like when Auburn has high preseason expectations. I agree, and so uh, just with Hugh, I think Hugh Freeze. One, he understands the SEC, which we've established. But he understands uh, the expectation here at Auburn, and he wants to live up to that expectation. And he knows for sure that Cal is a big game, and so that's why I don't have it as my one of my biggest ones just because I think Hugh Freeze understands the weight of it, and I think we're going to go in there and uh, kind of wake everybody up and just where everyone's kind of like, oh, hey, look at this. Uh, Auburn, Auburn can play a little bit of football. And so I think I, – I don't know how – it's definitely a game to be – you know, pay attention to, but I'm not as concerned about it as I am others on the schedule. I feel like that'll be just one of those games that Cal's going to just hang around. We'll be watching it, I'm assuming, together, hopefully. You said you'll be out of town, Jack, but it'll probably be a little nervy around the late fourth quarter. Where they, like, score a touchdown, make a two-point conversion, cut it to three, onside kick type of game. Like, Kansas State, 2014, that Thursday night game. But my second most crucial game, and this one's on a personal level, it's A&M. But not for the same reasons as you guys, because one, it's my birthday. I don't want to. I feel like we've lost my birthday every year. But two, I do not want to spend traveling fourteen day, uh, fourteen hours with Campbell Garber after losing to his arch nemesis, the Texas A&M Aggies. <laughs> that would be unbearable, and especially if the Titans lose that day too. I think we'll have vintage like pissed off Garber. Yeah. Shout out Garber if you're listening. We miss you, man. <laughs> week we, not showing up week or day one of of work. Of radio work. <laughs> I think our schedule, now that I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm like a lunch pail guy. <laughs> if you look at our 2013 schedule and just all things considered to like the two years prior. So like 2011, 2012, we combined for 11 wins. 2013, brand new head coach, new quarterback. Fast forward 10 years later, 2023, coming off 11 wins the past two years. New head coach. Oh, boy. New quarterback. And both schedules have in common the following. At A&M, Georgia at home, at LSU, Bama at home. Graham, what's, what flavors the Kool-Aid this year? <laughs> Jeez, man. I'm not going to be that guy. I want to be surprised. Because like, if I'm going in thinking, like, oh, it's going to be 2013, then obviously I'm going to be disappointed. That's not what I'm saying. Because nothing's but... ever going to replicate that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, uh, my expectations are high for this team. Oh, really? Uh, well, I guess so. I mean, Eight we three and nine, and also just the new recruits and stuff. Nine. But keep in mind that 2013 team, all the people from the number one recruiting class in the nation were juniors or seniors. They were juniors. It was Trey Mason's class right after the Natty. They were all 
it be coming up. Correct, in and we have a top three transfer portal ranking class, <laughs> and I do value that very much. So I value that in the short term. I don't value that in the long term. I think. But they also to- under they were all freshmen when Gus was still there, so they had an understanding of Gus's offense. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, as I what I was saying was that I think I feel like. Getting guys like Lane Kiffin is trying to build a team off the portal. We're obviously having to do that. We have lots of holes to fill. Um, I I believe I'm a believer in the transfer portal for the now. Like if you're in a, if you're an Auburn team, like if you want to get good again now, like I, I think the portal is is valid. But if you want to sustain success over three four years, I, I you gotta you gotta develop a recruiting classes. But yeah, I don't know. We got we got talented guys coming in. And I just want to. I just hope that. They all gel together, and um, my my floor for this team is is probably eight and four, honestly. Your floor? Well, Correct. we'll talk about that one, but I'm sure no one loves the portal here more than Barnes for Bed because we got Graham Copeland from the transfer portal. Thank right. you, Rhodes College. But anyways, on that note, we're gonna take a quick break. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back shortly. Third quarter here on Barnes for Bed, a quarter that has haunted us the past few years, but. New era, as we have discussed. And also a new era coming up in college football is the era of realignment. Already addressed the transfer portal. And this is a year for us in more ways than one is a year of lasts. For us, it's our last year of college. For college football, it's the last year of somewhat normalcy, last year of the Pac-12, before everything gets hectic, chaotic, and a new era of college football that I never would have dreamt of when I was 12, 13 years old. It's also the last year that we'll hear the beautiful SEC on CBS 3.30 tone. And the last year we'll hear Brad and Gary sneaky homering Alabama each Saturday in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, they we always talk about the SEC on CBS, but five out of the like seven of those games are Alabama games. Which, to be fair, Bama's usually playing in prime time. But, I mean, like, come on, guys. Let's, uh, why, don't you, why don't you go up to the Krogue one weekend for like a Kentucky-Missouri game and see what they got rocking. <laughs> Or hey, they never have they ever been to Fayetteville, Arkansas, or Columbia, Missouri? I don't remember. The, I don't remember the last. It's always Bryant Denny Stadium. But some great memories of that, and I'm sad this is the last year because I'm dreading them calling a Penn State game. I will. I hate Penn State. I hate the Big Ten. They are the most lame, boring college. I'm getting off the rails here. But I'm just gonna do my quick rant about the Big Ten. They are just not fun. Like, what do they provide? Like, underachieving March Madness teams, boring football, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on and on. But, uh, yeah, so our last year, let's just break down the schedule, top to bottom. We did this in the spring without knowing who our quarterback was, without really knowing anything. It was a very just – it was very homer, too. I think we had us going to Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. So – We had us in the – National championship in uh, March Madness too, didn't we? I think it was yes. Yeah, so. I blame comp, I, I blame Comp for that one. Comp was uh, riding Duke at the time. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could get the same luck that Will Compton had. Can we talk about his doozy of a sports year? What What in the world was that? TCU. Hey, first year, first head year head coach. Man. Hey, Comp. I think you're passing the torch on to us, brother. Hopefully, yeah, sure. He he got to go to so many cool places. We saw him out in Phoenix, L.A. Uh, back to the point. Let's start off at the top. UMass. I think we're all in agreement that that sh- yeah. if that's not a win, then I probably will transfer. W. Uh, moving on, Cal Berkeley. I'm gonna go win, but a very uh, a close win. A win. A a classic like Auburn heart beating win. 
I agree. I think this is a, a trap game of sorts for Auburn. Um, I mean, I think this is, could be like a, you know, probably like a 10-point win where we are probably losing the first first half, maybe first three quarters. I can see maybe first half, but uh, I think we have a coach that knows how to make second uh, second half adjustments now. Absolutely. And, uh, I see this as like a game that Auburn wins by like 17. Well, Freeze had a few blown leads in his time at Ole Miss, if y'all remember. Remember the Bama game? They were – it was in Oxford. <laughs> well, there was an – I think it was – it might have so. been, <laughs> been Nick Saban. <laughs> might have been Nick Saban. It was some SEC – current SEC coach that says – that said he – or maybe it wasn't Nick Saban. It was, it either, was. Way, either way, somebody complimented him on his ability to make second-half adjustments. Yeah, so you're I, right. Yeah, I mean – also, the college football world's going to get to know Hugh Freeze a lot more. Auburn's just yeah. way more of a brand than Ole Miss. Correct. Uh, you Auburn, even when we Very were horrible, so. we were getting Herb Street and those boys on the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we're still people are going to get to know Hugh Freeze, and I am excited for the world to get to know uh, this guy. But let's keep going. Sanford win should be a win. Aggieland, I don't think we win. You see, I have this down as a win. Uh, for us, just because I think this is a rivalry that's kind of picked up recently, um, just with our, you know, trying to fight for that spot in the SEC West. Um, I think this is a big game, and I think because it's Freeze's first ba- first game back in the SEC, I think it's going to be a win. It's going to be a nail biter, though. Good point. Yeah, no, it's the the Southeastern Conference has missed Coach Freeze. Mello, what a you you're still fifty. We're, our plan is to make it down to College Station. I would have loved to have the van to get the full road experience, but Scamble Dictator Garber made sure that we were flying, so we're missing out on an unreal <laughs> story to tell our grandkids. Agreed. Melly, yeah. Prediction? Um. I, I mean, I, I might be saying this with my heart, but I, I think it's a win. I think the past, like, 10, 15 years, the away team has typically won this game. That hasn't been the case for the past, like, three years or so. But um, I just think Texas A&M is probably one of the more overrated teams in the SEC, and we are the most one of the most underrated teams. I mean, A&M, like, if we're going off just 2022, and I know Auburn was not very good last year either, but um, – they just lost so much from 2022. They got, I mean, they had over 20 guys leave. They struggled to run the ball last year. Their quarterback play was terrible. So I just, I just, we, I think they're a big, big question mark, just like we are. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Auburn by hmm, eight points. Why do you think everyone left? And I'll say my, my idea. I think it's because I just feel like Jimbo's just not like a cool dude. I agree. <laughs> that's like just so bland. I think that's like he's like the last guy I'd want to invite to like a cookout or something like that. He's just kind of like corny. I think. Uh, like, sorry. Oh, I yeah. No. Please go. Uh, I think a big part of it is the same reason those guys came in nil. I think. Uh, Correct. When you recruit with the bag, you can get you know dropped by another bag just as quick. So, uh, I think a big part of it was just people. You know. Windows of opportunity opened with NIL kind of leading the charge, and people left. Yeah, and you've you've heard the phrase over the summer, proof of concept. Like, Jimbo has not shown proof of concept. Like, I mean, they can throw that bag around. They can tell you this and that about Texas A&M, but he just hasn't gotten it done, really. And it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic between him and Petrino as well. Um, That'll be something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I'm not sold on Texas A&M. I think 
Auburn wins a close one in Kyle Field. Also, if any of you listeners out there are familiar with College Station, Texas, I've heard it. it's just like a big old farm. So I think we're rolling into like Sonic on a Friday night type of town, which I hope I'm not traveling uh, basically across this conference for that. I hope there's more to this town than what I've heard. And maybe there is. I don't know. Johnny experienced it. But anyways, moving on. Georgia at home. If we beat AM and our 4-0, I would love to see any other game. And this was something I was going to ask you guys too. What other game, Week 5, Deep South's oldest rivalry, new blood in, both teams are going to be undefeated. Is that college game day? Surely. Absolutely. It has to be. We're going to be top 15. They'll be top three. They'll be one. They'll be one, most I, likely. Yeah, I, I mean, you never know, though. Right. Um, yeah, um, I'll let y'all take this one. Yeah, first. yeah. I, I I don't think we'll win. I think yeah. so. That puts my season at 2-2. Two and two. I think we could, I would love to give them a scare at least. Yes, I I think the goal should be to keep the first half uh within a within a score. Um, you know, going into the second half down 7 I think would be ideal, but ideally and this is kind of a high ceiling, but I would like to keep it within 20 points cuz Georgia we just have the talent gaps closing but it it hasn't been closed just yet. So, that'd be sad if we just got dome pieced week 4. I would love to just Put up a fight. But w- something yeah. also, too, think about all the years that we've, in recent memory, that ha- have been successful. We've sort of, like, had one game where our offense has been horrible and we've struggled. Clemson 2017, LSU 2013, that we just sort of, like, got punched in the mouth and that sort of just cultivated a group to be like, hey, let's bond together and go on a good old-fashioned Auburn type of run that cultivates the nation. Because I feel like we're America's sweetheart when, we are, when we're cooking. I Maybe that was just because yep. Gus was such a likable dude. The national media has some polarizing takes about our new guy due to stuff. <laughs> but We won't go into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. N- new era, new era. Anyways, moving on. Baton Rouge. I would love for us to win this one because we'll also be at this one. But, oh, man, I don't think we'll win. I think this is that wake-up game you were just talking about. I think LSU is going to win the I West. I was about to say the exact same thing. Jack to the words of my mouth. I think we lose Georgia as well. But I think it also depends. It's predicated on the A&M game somewhat. Um, if we're 3-1 and one going to the Georgia game, I'm I'm going to be a little worried. For 4-0 going to that game. And Georgia also is our – that's our – excuse me, their first test is Auburn. If you look at their first four games, they're all home games. So – Carson Beck is going into a hostile environment for his first away game. They play like three high school teams and then South Carolina. So that'll be interesting to see how Georgia pans out um, and how they do in Jordan Hare. But I think, I agree, I think Auburn really will get punched in the mouth against this LSU team. I am very high on them. Some people disagree with me, but I think LSU will win the West again and maybe even win the SEC championship. But I, I think this is a, a humbling game for Auburn where – Maybe what we're we're four and one or three and two whatever we go three and three or or whatever I, I'm doing terrible math here but I think this is that game where we gotta you know retrace our steps and look in the mirror and, and be honest with ourselves and regroup yeah and I hope all the fans listening know I'm not drinking the Bruce Toomey haterade I'm just trying to play realist here but we got to get going we uh we got the the boys over at WW Eagle after us this ain't the ten o'clock shift anymore we gotta. We got some uh, got some people behind us. Shout out to those boys. But anyways, moving on. And this is okay. This is my lock of the year. Agreed. A hundred percent. I've said this since Hugh Freeze was hired, and I see on the schedule it's already the stripe the stadium game, which last year was so much fun. And if Robbie doesn't fumble the ball against LSU, I think we win. 
And if we look how good LSU was, we were knocking on the door. That fumble when we were up 17 nothing kind of just took, turned their season around and turned ours the opposite way for the much, much worse. But stadium's going to be striped out. It's going to be around Halloween time, chilly October night. I bet that'd be a night game. I got the Tigers big. The I Auburn do, Tigers. I do as well. Free, it's also, you know, freeze against his old team. Yep. I think that's the big storyline there. And, uh, I just my vision is freezing. You know these games. That's his first. Uh, he's going to come out and ball. So I I think we all we're all in consensus that this game is going to be a beatdown. Yeah, and uh, moving on to the other Mississippi school. So I'm at three and three. I think Graham has this as like eight and zero. I'm, I'm four and two. I'm four and two as four well. Four and two. And let's just do the last Mississippi school, and then we'll get the nitty-gritty of November to finish this off. And, ooh, I see this as an orange out. We have multiple orange outs. I yeah. love a good orange out. It's, I do as well. Yeah, just got mine off pleasing to the mark. eye. I like, I, I like watching the first 30 seconds of the Penn State game just because it's a cool atmosphere, and the, the rest was just a nightmare. But State, I think we win. I think we sweep the Mississippis. Too. Yep. Mm-hmm. We should sweep the Mississippis if They're we want to have, a like, a season that's not – as, I, if we want to go to a good bowl game, we have to be the Mississippis. I will yeah. say, I, I think Mississippi State is extremely underrated. Um, I know, uh, you know, the coaching situation is terrible. Um, rest in peace, the Pirate. Legend. But um, they're, they're t- 22 starters. 20 of them are seniors. 2-0, 20 of them. So they're extremely old, experienced. Like, I, I, I would not sleep on Mississippi State. We saw what happened when they came to our place last time. So I wouldn't yeah. take I wouldn't take them lightly, but I I do think we win that game. And they have a uh, top three quarterback. And Will Rogers is that guy. He is the most slept on quarterback in the nation by far, in yes. my opinion. You gave him no clout in our pre, like pre show talk though. You you admitted Leary because you said that the more you looked into it, that Thorne was top four. But you said Leary. Yeah, I'll say I'll say. Well, I gotta I gotta go back to the drawing board, but. And while you go back to the drawing board, let's go back to the drawing board ourselves because we are on a crunch time now. But thank you guys for listening. We'll be wrapping up here for the last segment of the show. We'll finish off the schedule and give our Heisman prediction. Shout out to the text chain for that suggestion. And again, reach out to the text chain as always. And thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Barnes World Bed. This is the fourth quarter of the two-minute drill version. Shout out to Boomer. Whoop! All right, let's keep going. Vandy, we're playing – I mean, excuse me, NBA High School. No, I read that right. Vandy. <laughs> Win, right? Yes. yes. All right, dub there in Nashville. Which also, this is Tigers three in a row. All right, we're not giving Vandy any more clout. Fayetteville, we're Arkansas. up. Because we're definitely going to talk about the eyeball. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, I have this down as a loss. I think it's one of the most important games of the season. It's a tough away crowd. K.J. Jefferson is a very good quarterback. Uh, but unfortunately, I just think this is a game that we drop. I think we lose yeah. as well. I think it's going to be like a three-point game, though. I think this is the game where Auburn Jesus comes back and touches Brother Hugh and uh, gives us that luck that we have not had recently. So this is a game that I – this would be like a weird game. We went on like a tip pass. It's like a chilly, super cold night in Fayetteville. I hate when people are always talking about like Kentucky being like the most northern whatever. Like Fayetteville definitely gets colder. There's also probably less stuff to do in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Anyways, moving on. New Mexico State, our se- – no, not our senior day. The Iron Bulls at home. What is this? Navy upper, orange lower. That's going to look weird, but win. Yeah, 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 probably. A little tune-up game. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the big one. All right, so we're 8-3 and three right now. Is that right? I have us at like 7-4. No, I have us at 5-3. and three, or Excuse me. We all have 8-3, and three, yeah. I think Trey has us at 7-4. and four. No, because no, he, he we, said we beat Arkansas. No, that's right, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's we right. go on a heater after uh, Baton Rouge. Yes. We, 
sweep the Mississippi's, the Vandy's, the basically the 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 unfun or no, besides Ole Miss, this little run of Arkansas, Mississippi State, Vandy, the unfun SEC schools, and then we beat New Mexico State. So now we're all eight and three. Give me a field storm. I know we'd be fined a zillion dollars, but I need one. I don't even care if it sounds like a homer pick. I also think they're not going to be that good. I ba- well, Bama's been very quiet. Be good, Disagree. Yeah. My uh, my. Fun Are they going to have anything to play for though? Because in my opinion, yes. they'll have two losses: LSU and Tennessee, and they're not going to be in contention for the West. Nothing to play. Are you for. assuming that LSU is just undefeated, or I think LSU is going to go twelve and zero. Yes. Fair. Right. I mean, that's, that's okay. Um, fun fact: Bama has never won four Iron Bowls in a row. This year would make it four in a row. So I'm just riding with history on this pick. It's not even a homer pick. It's just a history. That's pick. a great stat. I didn't wow. know that. Yeah, out of the woodworks there. I think that was the. Is that the inner Bama in you that knew that, or is that a little? Uh, no, research? that was just a uh, me praying that we could win this. Like. Me wanting to win this game more than anything. Yeah, and this will this will be the last SEC and CBS game. If we're eight and three, we're definitely like in the twenty five to like seventeen range. They'll probably be if if they fill fulfill my prediction and have two losses. I'd say they'd be around like the eight to thirteen range. So that'd be a good little little rivalry matchup, eh? Uh, if we're if we're six and five or better going into this Iron Bowl, if I'm a better, I'm putting the mortgage on Auburn money line, mm-hmm. and that's a great stat that. Jack just brought up. Hugh Freeze knows how to beat Nick Saban. There's always some voodoo magic going on Jordan Hare for that Iron Bowl. I mean, you saw what we did uh, two years ago with a one-legged T.J. Finley and Potato Head at the helm, and uh, we were, what, five and six? Yes. Six and five, something like that? Five and six. So, yeah. Why not us? Give me the Tigers. (laughs) Thank you, Book It with Mellow. You've given Harson a lot of shout-outs today. I think it's just the the bent-up. Got to say Potato. It's like calling – Wesley Steiner, 32. It's yeah, the same thing. I mean, the class of 2024 at Auburn, like, Harson is forever owes us back two years of college. I need a COVID year. I need a Baycott year, dude. Like, what What the heck? All right, <laughs> let's keep going. I think if 9-3, and three, I, that would put us probably around the Citrus mm-hmm. Bowl or the Cheez-It Bowl now, and then whatever the Outback Bowl is now. Yeah. I know they changed probably it. Probably playing the third-best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, which maybe Penn State. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Give me Rematch. my one Penn State victory in college. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Penn State's the second-best team. I think it might be the Big M is who we might I think be Michigan. I think we'll be playing Michigan in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. I feel like the Big Ten SEC Bowl games are like the modern version of like the Civil War just because like it's completely different like people that are just – we're rolling in like – like very southern, like Fisher gear. Like you're going collar tee, khaki shorts. They're rolling in in like jerseys and just looking weird. Um, but yeah, that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun bowl game. Also, that'd like someone like Notre Dame in a bowl game like that would be fun yeah, too. Yeah, I agree. Give We're me a fun get opponent. A, we'll get fun a big town. brand. I think. Yeah, for sure. All right, then uh, yeah, let's let's finish on this because I I may get some eyeballs or some uh, weird looks at this. But the, your Heisman prediction. Let's do a reasonable one, and then you're like. We let's just do for the second one to wrap up in a Auburn player that could just randomly win the Heisman. Okay. Wow! All right, and I think it's just going to be Jar- everyone's going to say Jarquez. I was going to say Peyton Thorne. It's like hey. board. Um, but I'll I'll start with my Heisman, and mine is uh, my second favorite quarterback in the ACC, which is Drake May uh, at UNC. When you break down UNC's schedule, it is, uh, you know, they have, a, they have a couple of testers, but for the most part, it's easy sailing where he can kind of get his numbers up. Uh, and if they just, you know, they win it, they can somehow win the ACC. I think the award's his because, uh, he's just going to have great stats. He's a gamer. He showed last year that he can play. And I think this year he's going to ball out. 
All right. Graham. Um, yeah, I'm going to get some hate for this. I'm going to go J.J. McCarthy, quarterback Didn't, at Michigan. No, that's a they're going to be, I think, by the end of the year, one or two. I, I agree. So that's not an, I, a, a hate, like, where would you get hate from? That's well, the reason, I, the reason I think a lot of people disagree is because of what they got in the backfield, right? They got um, the best duo um, in college football, so that might take away from, you know, some – Passing stats, whatever it may be. But, um, I mean, you look at him last year, solid, 65%, almost a 3,000-yard passer, two or 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. Two of those came, like, after the Heisman voting was discon- was completed. So, um, there's a lot of value there, too. His odds are at, like, plus 1,600. That's, like, the ninth best odds. So, that's that's I think there's some value there. Sure. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like I was like questioning you. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of like, I okay. feel like you would get some like hate though, because like I feel like Michigan's just such an unlikable team. It's like Harbaugh's very unlikable. I feel like McCarthy's like, like a, one of those kids who's like you knew his name for a while through like high school and stuff. And just, yeah, you got to like, factor those kids always just get hated at some point. Well, no ball like those type of dudes. Yeah, you got to you got to factor. I'm in, sure they're like likable. You got to factor in the team success too. Like if you look yeah. at the, these guys like Caleb Williams, I don't think he'll, he'll go back to back because it's only been done once ever. You see Jaden Daniels, yeah, maybe LSU. Quinn Ewers, no, Texas will be eight and four at best probably. Michael Penix, I don't know how Washington will be. Uh, you go down the line, but. Yeah, Team success matters for sure. Um, so I'm gonna leave us on a Barner's cliffhanger right here. I'm going Bo Nix as my Heisman winner. But anyways, before y'all say anything, again cliffhanger. We'll talk about it next week. You got 15 seconds, one word to describe this team this year. I'm gonna go reborn, gritty, fun. I think we'll be fun. No more cookout rides on Saturday nights after a loss. We're going to Tumor's Corner, baby. Rolling those new oaks. But once again, or not once again, back again. Thank you guys for staying around after dinner time, not staying up with us. Barners Before Bed will be back Monday next week to preview week one. Been more excited than ever to do this. We do not have an outro this time, but thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, War Eagle.